Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm your hostess, Evangelist Wanda Clay, sharing God's sacred word Bible study with you. Brother Plum will no longer be with us, and we wish him well in his journeys for the Lord. Um, bear with me. My voice is kind of bad. I'm just coming out of a real serious cold, and I haven't gotten all the way where I should be yet. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you do. And though our best isn't good enough, we come asking for forgiveness. You are like none other, higher than the highest. So I ask that you fix that that needs fixing everywhere for everybody. Because you already know our needs, fix them, Lord Jesus. And move with me, Lord, to help others understand your word on this talk show. I pray you continue its growth. Bless Blog Talk Radio financially and spiritually. And, Lord, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of what you want us to know for those who seek your word to find you, Heavenly Father. Bless and watch over them in Jesus' name. Let them and everyone everywhere learn to depend on you, Father. And those who have found you, strengthen us, Lord. Lead and guide us not into temptation. Help us to just walk away. Bless those who are struggling and those not struggling. We need a blessing from you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, help us to love and pray for ourselves and others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before I start, let me again thank God for guiding me, and I pray for everyone's understanding of his word. And as always, I thank Minister Joel Lewis and Granny's Place for giving me this opportunity. I'm here three Fridays a month, eight come to join our group 24 hours with questions, answers, comments, recipes, and much more. Through the time on Blog Talk Radio, I'll give you the outlines of each chapter and comment on some verses. Now let us get into our lesson. Chapter 1. After the introduction in verses 1 and 2, the apostle begins with his troubles and God's forgiveness, which he had met in Asia. In verses 3 through 6, the Apostle writes of the edification of the Corinthians. Verses 7 through 11, his and his fellow laborers' integrity. Verses 12 through 14, Paul vindicates himself from the imputation of liberty and inconstancy in verses 15 through 24. Paul calls himself an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And here he and Timothy writes this epistle, not because he needs Timothy's help, but as two people who witness to God's word. And this was also his way of bringing the young Timothy into the Christian church. 
Now we go back to verses 1 through 2. In these verses, the apostle speaks for the encouragement and edification of the Corinthians and tells them that there is no good and lasting peace without true grace. And both of them come from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul continues writing them and says, It's God's intent that they should be able to comfort each other in trouble. What favors God bestows on them are intended not only to make them cheerful, but also that we be used for others. And he goes on to say that if we do imitate the faith and patience of good men in their afflictions, we may hope to partake their consolations here and their salvations hereafter. And he writes that we may safely trust in God who raises the dead, that God raising the dead proof of his almighty power. He that can do this can do anything, all things, and he's worthy to be trusted at all things. Paul believes that God restores life to death and is written in Romans 4 and 17. If we should be brought so low to despair life, we may then trust in God who can bring back not only from the gates but from the jaws of death. We trust that God will deliver to the end to his heavenly kingdom. And he goes on to tell them that Past experiences are great encouragement to faith and hope. There are great obligations to trust in God from time to come. And Paul tells them, the Corinthians, that they should help one another together by prayer, by social prayer, agreeing and joining together in prayer on their behalf. That our trusting in God must not supersede the use of any proper and appointed means, and that prayer is one of those means. We should pray for ourselves and for one another. And it's our duty not only to help one another with prayer, but in praise and thanksgiving too. Good men should be careful. They have a good reputation of sincerity and constancy. Bad men are false. Good men are fickle, but God is true, neither fickle nor false. Also mentioned the stability of divine promises, and he makes a digression to illustrate this great and sweet truth. And he said that all the promises of God are yeah and amen, that they are confirmed by the Holy Spirit, and God does establish Christians in the faith of the gospel. He has anointed them with the sanctifying grace, which in scripture is often compared to oil. He has sealed them for their security and confirmation, and he makes them earnest in their hearts. And then we go to chapter 2. In this chapter, the apostle explains why he didn't come to Corinth. Verses 1 through 4. 
Then he writes concerning the incestuous person who lay under seizure and give directions for restoring him. And he also give reasons for them doing so. Verses 5-11. And afterwards, Paul informs them of his laborers and success in preaching the gospel in several places. In verses 12-17. through Now let's go back to verse 1-4. through He had determined not to come to them in heaviness, which he would have done had he come and found scandal among them. His desire was to have a cheerful meeting with them, with the same intent that he wrote in his formal epistle. In these verses, 5 through 11, Paul is writing for concern for the incestuous person who's been excommunicated. And he tells them that the crime of that person had grieved them, him, and he grieved for all of them because of this. But now that he was recovered by repentance, they was reviewed and renewed and confirmed their love to him. Paul said, sorrow for sin is too great when it's unfit for other duties, and it drives men to despair. They had shown obedience to his directions in passing the censure upon the offender, and now he was having them to comply with his desire to restore him. And he mentioned his readiness to forgive this sinner and concur with them in the matter. And he told them, to whom you forgive, I forgive also. I will readily agree with you in forgiving him. And then we go to verses 12 through 17. After these directions concerning the excommunicated person, the apostle flips the script to give the Corinthians an account of his travels and labors in the gospel and what his says he had had with them always on his mind. And he continues writing to them saying, and ourselves we are weak and have neither joy nor victory, but in Christ we may rejoice and triumph. True believers have constant cause of triumph in Christ for their more than conquerors through him who had loved him, Romans 8 and 37, God called them to triumph in Christ. It is God who has given our hearts triumph. To him, therefore, we should give the praises and glory from all of us. The good success of the gospel is a good reason for Christians joy and rejoicing. Now, Paul didn't mix his own notions with the doctrines and institutions of Christ. He didn't add to nor take away from the word of God. He was faithful in dispensing the gospel as he received it from the Lord. Paul's aim was to approve himself to God, remembering that his eye was always on him. So he spoke and acted always as in, as if in the sight of God, and therefore in sincerity. 
What we do in religion is not of God, does not come from God, will not reach to God, unless it's done in sincerity, as in the sight of God. And then we go to chapter 3. The apostle is careful not to brag on himself, and he makes an apology if it seems so. So he makes sure he gives God all the praises in verses 1 through 5. Then he draws a comparison between the Old Testament, which is the ministry of death in the knowledge of sin and condemnation, compared to the New Testament, which is known as the ministry of life that reflects God's grace, mercy, and love in providing Christ as the fulfillment of the law. He writes also about the duties of gospel ministers and the advantage of those who live under the gospel above those who live under the law in verses 12 to the end of the chapter. So we go back to verses 1 through 5. The Corinthians themselves was his real problem. There were some at Corinth who acted like the Pharisees with Jesus to blast his reputation. So he thought it convenient to protest his sincerity to them. And he tells them his ministry among them had without controversy been greatly true and honorable. And he told them in the letter that there is nothing more delightful to faithful ministers than the sense than the success of their ministry is evident in the hearts and lives of those among them whom they labor. His testimony was Jesus. God was with them of truth. He was sent by God. Jesus' gospel is our epistle. The gospel was the epistle of Christ. We Apostles and others were but instruments. Christ is the author of all the good things that is in the epistle. The law and the love of Christ was written in their hearts. This was the testimony he most delighted in, and what was most dear to him was written in his heart. And Paul wanted this known and read to all mankind. This epistle was not written in ink, but with the spirit of the living God, nor written on tables of stone, as the law of God gave to Moses. But in the heart, not a stony heart, but a heart of flesh, upon hearts that are softened and renewed by divine grace. Ezekiel 36 and 26 says, I will take away the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. Our heart is an important part of our body. If our heart stops, there is no more us. Remember, God looks at our heart, not what we say and do, but our heart. And Paul goes on to say that we're not sufficient of ourselves. Our weakness and inabilities cause us not to have good thoughts, much less raise 
any good thoughts or reflection in others. This is true concerning ministers and all Christians. We are all insufficient. The best are no more than what the grace of God makes them. Our hands are not sufficient for us, but our sufficiency is sufficient to us to furnish us for every good word and work. And he goes on to tell them that where the Spirit of the Lord is and where he worketh, there is liberty, liberty of access to God and freedom of speech and prayer. Paul said that the heart is set at a liberty and enlarged to run the ways of God's commandments. It's said that the Israelites saw the glory of God in a cloud which was dark and drippled. But Christians see the glory of God is in a glass more clearly and comfortably. It was a privilege, Moses, for God to converse with him face to face in a friendly manner. But now all true Christians see him more clearly as a spirit. And then we go on to the last chapter in our lesson, chapter 4. In this chapter, we have an account of the constancy of the apostle and his fellow laborers in their work. Their constancy is declared in verse 1. Their sincerity is in verse 2. An objection Verses 3 and 4. Integrity proved in verses 5 through 7. He writes of their courage and patience under their sufferings in verses 8 through 12. And what it was that kept them from sinking and fainting in verses 13 to the end. Now let's go back to verses one through seven. Here Paul speaks to the ministers at the Corinthian church. In the foregoing chapter, Paul was magnifying his office, which he did officiate. Now in this chapter, his divine was to vindicate their ministry from the accusation of false teachers who charged them as deceitful workers or they attempt to prejudice the minds of the people against them on account of their suffering. And Paul continued to tell ministers, therefore, how they believed and how they showed their value for their office as ministers of the gospel, they were not <clears throat> to be puffed up with pride, but spurred on to great diligence. First Corinthians 15 and 1, Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am, in his formal epistle to these Corinthians. And the mercy which had helped him out and helped them out, we rely upon to help us even to the end. We have denounced the hidden things of dishonesty. The things of dishonesty are things that will not bear the light. And those who practice them or should be ashamed of them, 
especially when they're known. Then we drop down to verses 8 through 18. In these verses, the apostle also give ministers an account of their courage and patience under all their suffering. And Paul writes that the apostles were great sufferers who followed their master. Christ had told them that the world, they would have tribulations. They did. Yet they met them with wonderful support, great relief, and many allies of their sorrow. And Paul goes on to tell them that we're troubled on every side, afflicted in many ways, and we meet with almost all sorts of trouble, yet we're not distressed. We're not hedged in or cooped up because we can see help in God and help from God, and we have liberty of uh, access to God. We're perplexed, often uncertain, and in doubt will become, uh, and in doubt, he was telling them that uh, they didn't know what become of us. Not always without anxiety in their minds on this account, yet in despair, even in the greatest perplexities, knowing that God is able to support us and to deliver us, and in him we place our trust and hope. There are unseen things as well as things that are seen, but there's a difference between them. Unseen things are eternal. Seen things are temporary only. By faith, only discern these things and the great differences between them, but by this we take aim at unseen things and chiefly regard them because unseen things are real and certain and eternal. Faith is the substance of things hoped for as well as the evidence of things not seen, which is written in Hebrews Eleven one. This ends our Bible study. I pray God's word has shed some light on things for you. I'll see you next time right here the same time. And don't forget to visit us on God's sacred word at Facebook, Peace Keep God First, in the book of Second Corinthians. Chapters 5, and don't forget to check in with God from time to time. 24 hours is free.